0: Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. It's not
1: just any Wednesday here at Fantasy Sports Daily. No siree, no madam E, whatever you would say. Um, Valentine's Day, so... Happy Valentine's Day, Ash Wednesday as well. A lot of things going on this morning, Ray Flowers
0: there are and it felt like the, the normal day to wake up so there's uh you know it's but then yeah, you, your Wednesday
1: you, is just a typical Wednesday thus
0: far a typical huh? Wednesday thus far got the cat yelling the dogs out on a walk uh I do have a something you know, a little special for my significant other you know just a we do a little thing for the whole day and I think you're kind of the same way we're not we yeah. used to be kind of over the top we're not necessarily there anymore
1: yeah yeah I, I made a mistake I um you know we'll have a little dinner tonight but we're not going out um uh, we'll just do it here at the house. But but uh, I did have a uh, Valentine's Day card for from me and from our son, you know, two separate cards. Mm-hmm. I included some chocolates, just a little thing, not okay. not like a big heart or anything. Okay. But then I realized, Ray, um, as I noted, it's also Ash Wednesday, which I've given up sweets. So I guess I won't be touching the chocolate That that will not be for me tonight.
0: Your wife will probably be happy then. She knows it's for her, actually.
1: Yeah, well, she often gives up some of the same things I do, Ah, just to make it easy on everybody, so we're not wondering, what can you eat, what can you not? So, uh, if she goes to sweets, these things may just end up in in my uh, son's belly, you know.
0: Oh, he'll be happy for that,
1: yeah. Yeah, but, but, you know, here's the thing, right? His tastes are Hershey's. His tastes (laughs) are not, like, Upper-end chocolate.
0: Dark chocolate for him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: What the hell is this hazelnut doing in the middle of this thing? You know, he doesn't want to touch that. Um, Anyway, hope you're doing well on this Wednesday. Um, You know, something to celebrate. There's always another holiday to deal with. Uh, We got things to deal with today, but first, want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, We got people on X, on Facebook, on YouTube. We got people downloading the uh, audio version of what we do each and every day uh this week doing a lot of third baseman team previews we got player previews coming your way uh still talking over ray's draft guide there's some football news because you can never get away from that uh ray shall we get into it
0: yeah we can never get away from football news and i'm glad that it revolves around my my team because we needed Mm -hmm. some more of that uh yikes
1: well we're not going to put it up front it's it's not that big of news so we're still going to heal hot and heavy with the baseball uh here is the rundown for today Uh, We will continue our team previews, started these up on Monday. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about probably one of the more exciting teams in baseball, and even for fantasy, one of the more exciting teams. Uh, It's been a long wait, but the Baltimore Orioles seem to be back. They had a a sudden leap forward last season. Uh, Like I said, for both real life and for fantasy, uh, we're all getting familiar with some of these talents. We'll take a look at the Baltimore Orioles, kind of a deep dive in on that franchise Ray will take us through the idea of second half stats. Do they matter at all? There are a few names out there who had uh, lousy first halves and really good second halves. But in the whole, does it matter whenever you see that kind of split, if you will? We'll delve into uh, that discussion. Third base, one rundown will continue. We'll take a look at some of the bums of 2023 and uh, look ahead to 2024. I I will give you a sneak peek behind the curtain on that. Um, We will profile one third baseman um, who has an excuse for being a bum last year, but his excuse for being lousy last year is the same excuse he's used literally for like five years. And frankly, we need to just call the bums of 23 at at the hot corner. We should just say um, the Anthony Rendon award winners, of 2023. So so we are going to throw Rendon out there. I, I get it. He was injured. I don't know how severely he was injured, but we got to start with Anthony Rendon. So we are going to pick on him a bit. Uh, Boston, the Red Sox uh, seem to be waving the white flag just a bit. Uh, how do I know? Because you're waving the white flag when you're paying a your closer and now you want to trade them, which makes sense. I get it, but let's be honest about it. And then we'll get some NFL wide receivers in the news. So that is where we stand for this Wednesday. Ray, where do we stand in terms of uh, the opportunity being presented to so many of our viewers and listeners to take advantage of uh, your great draft guide and a few other things at FantasyGuru.com?
0: Absolutely. We have two main products that we're pushing right now, but of course we have all the coverage you could want, whether it's DFS or seasonal or wagering. Um, But right now we've got on the screen, you can see it there. We've been talking about it every day. The baseball guide is available. It's not just a guide. It's through the entirety of the season. So you get it now. You get covered all coverage all the way through the season. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It's fifty dollars early bird pricing. Use the promo code FSD20. FSD20 that knocks it down twenty percent. So it's forty bucks. So for the price of going out with your buddies on a Friday night, having a couple beers and a, and a plate of chicken wings, you get full season coverage uh, at Fantasy. Even better Dr. way.
1: Yeah, you could, you could buy your significant other twelve roses today. Mm-hmm. They'd be dead by Monday. Or you could spend forty dollars, and this thing will get you all the way to October.
0: Yeah, right. You could, yeah, you could spend a dollar a week through the through the baseball season, or you could buy roses. It'll be dead, like Kyle said, It to <laughs> the heart. It doesn't even carry such a romantic. Uh, but yeah, FSD twenty for that. If you want to get signed up, you can use that promo code to sign up for a lot of our products too. Whether you're you're talking about band baseball hats or T shirts or or whatever. Uh, but then we also have the NBA All In package, and we talked about this last week. Uh, we dropped the price on that at seventy five dollars for the NBA. NHL, college basketball, PGA, MMA and racing, all of those sports, all of it is only $75 right now for the all-in basketball package. So those are kind of the two ways we're going, Kyle. But of course, we've got the other sports, including football, that we do year-round.
1: Yeah, I know. So for some people, they might be scratching their head like racing or soccer or golf. and uh, DFS, folks. DFS is where you can make, <laughs> I, I hate to say a killing. I mean, we all have different levels of what is a killing, but um, you can do well. In those sports, if you have a little bit of an edge, a little bit of uh, insight and uh, our riders, because, hey, I'm not going to sit here and break down the Daytona 500 for this weekend. I can't, you know, um, although I'm looking ahead to Friday, we may preview the Daytona 500, the, the great American race. Uh, maybe we can get Rich Mileto on for that. But, uh, you know, you settle in Sunday afternoon and you may not know a whole lot about racing, but Rich and Sean Engel, they, they do. And they can help you out. So packages like that on the DFS side, um, simple way to turn the investment into a little cash. Um, And I will repeat on the forty dollars for the draft guide um, for any ladies out there wondering what they should get their sports-loving fantasy nutty boyfriend or husband. There's your answer, right? Raise, hard work, blood, sweat, and tears. Much more enjoyable than a box of Russell Stover chocolates. Okay. Just better, so get them. Get them the draft guide
0: or a bouquet of dead flowers in a week, as Kyle yeah. pointed out. So there Now,
1: money. if you're if you're the gentleman in the relationship, mm-hmm. and you come home and say, "Honey, I I got something that we will both appreciate. I have uh, spent forty dollars to gain an edge on the competition in fantasy baseball. I will win money this year and we'll go somewhere. You can try that." You can try that—that that you're investing in the relationship, mm-hmm. looking to earn some money for for uh, you know extracurricular activity. I don't think it'll work, Ray. Um, even though the ladies ladies love Ray, but but they don't want to buy his draft guide on Valentine's Day. The ladies don't. That's a lot of pressure here. If I gotta, you
0: know, <laughs> gotta help someone win so they can make two hundred fifty bucks in their league to go to a nice dinner, or they're gonna get thrown out of the house, Kyle. That's a lot exactly,
1: of pressure. yeah. No. So there you go, Ray. That's what people, you know, they may not say it, Ray, but uh, in the back of their minds, that's what they're counting on you yeah. is uh, to get them a dinner by the end of the season. Um, Okay, let's jump into the baseball. That is the main focus on this uh, Wednesday, and we will start by looking at the Baltimore Orioles. They are the uh, focus of our team preview, which, you know, we've only been doing a few of these, and usually we've been starting with a player profile. I actually don't want to start with the player profile. Uh, We will get to that here in just a second. I want to start, Ray, with our four questions for this team. And I wanted to start there because these questions revolve around the studs we're all talking about. The excitement we're all getting gunned for. And, and last year, or I guess two years ago, it was Raushman. Last year, it was Gunnar Henderson. Question number one, right? And I think this is a big one for people. It's mm-hmm. the fact that we've got the number one prospect in baseball, according to almost everybody. You know, Baseball America, the AthleticMLB.com, all these people. Number one prospect in baseball. Who is very, very young, like crazy young. And if you've never seen this kid, he looks like he's 14 years old. He does. But, Ray, it's for our purposes, where should we draft this guy? What should we expect? Um, is he going to make the opening day roster? We are talking about Jackson Holiday, who is indeed the son of Matt Holiday. And Ray has been on a crazy fast track to the major leagues. It's it's really gone quickly. Um, you know, what, 20? I think, are we 19? What, 20, even, like 20 yeah. in
0: two months. Yeah, yeah it'll be
1: 20 in just a few months. I want to start there, Ray, because he is a big topic in fantasy circles of where to draft this guy. Let's start with this skill set number, what we're looking at. And again, we're dealing with a 19 year old. We're dealing with a guy who, frankly, Ray, we haven't seen struggle at all. (laughs) He's just hit. Uh, But Jackson Holiday, he profiles as, hey, three, four years from now, if he's not one of the top two or three shortstops in baseball, everybody will be a bit disappointed, I think.
0: Yeah, and it's unclear if he's even going to play shortstop this year if he makes the club. So that that's where that's how deep the Orioles are with that young talent. I think when you talk about a holiday, and he does look like he's 14, and I jokingly talked about this with Phil Backert. Uh, you know, everyone knows him for football side of things and the show on SiriusXM. Uh, I said, do, do you think he even shaves? Like legitimately, I'm asking, I don't know if he actually shaves. He looks like he's 14 years old, but his game ain't like a 14-year-old. And I think that there is – Everything he does, he does well. He's one of the rare players that across the board, like you, you know, that 2080 grading that the scouts use, like at 60, 60, 65, 60, like it's across the board. And you rarely see that. Usually players are, are lower ranked across the board, or maybe they've got a power stroke or a speed component, mm-hmm. or they're great defensively. Holiday just does everything really well. And he's poised. He's got the lineage that you mentioned. And I think really the only question with him is when do we see him this year? Because we will see him this year. It's the right question to ask. Uh, If you look at the the rookie rankings at fantasyguru.com for this season, we currently have Jackson holiday sixth. He's tough, Kyle, because he's 20. You talked about it last year. He was at single a double a triple a, like he blasted through everything, had success everywhere, but the Orioles have a lot of talent. And you know, there's a chance that holiday shows up and he hits 400 this spring and plays great defense. And they say, let's go. There's a chance that he hits 238 and struggles a little bit. I don't, I struggle to see him making the opening day roster, yeah. but I think it is a possibility.
1: I I struggle with it too, Ray, just because they don't need him now. I mean, th- and, and what I mean by that is not necessarily, oh, the wins and losses and they the Orioles have been selling their fan base for four or five years on, hey, it's coming. Look at these guys we got. It's, it's going to be nice. And we're in the midst of that. Last year, over 100 victories. You know, I know it ended early, but things are, are good right now. You know, you added Corbin Burns, you got a new owner, you know, there's excitement, you you renewed your lease at Camden Yards, like it couldn't really get better for the Orioles, like this is a great time to be an Orioles fan after the hell on earth uh, that it was from like 2016 to 2020, you know, it was just brutal, but they don't need him because Ray, it is so good right now. And it's not like the fan base is saying, oh, you're being cheap. You know, bringing this guy up. Uh, they've got so much talent everywhere. Like, I don't want to say there aren't any holes. There are. Um, you know, this is a lot of youth that you're counting on to, to keep progressing. I, I don't think it makes any sense to have this guy in the big leagues on opening day. I think it makes a lot of sense come June. I, I think you've just got to get him seasoning. And if I'm the Orioles, right, I almost want him to struggle a bit in the minor leagues to, to, to have him experienced that. We were talking about Jared Kalanick yesterday and Ray, that's a guy who really didn't struggle in the minor leagues. And he came to the big leagues and he looked lost. And we talked about how he hasn't really come out of those struggles. And it's kind of sent him into a tailspin to, to the point where, you know, three years ago, he's going to be Seattle's starting outfielder in the year 2030. And now he's already been traded to mm-hmm. Atlanta. And, and I think Since there is no need for holiday, I don't think he's going to make opening day. And assuming that indeed happens, the follow-up question, Ray, is, well, he's going to be here at some point this year. So he is the classic stash candidate. In fact, he's probably the the number one stashable dude this year. Um, So that question becomes, where do I draft him? If you look at the NFBC ADP, I'm a little surprised, Ray. It's like in the 190s. I'm surprised it's that low. I, I would have guessed it's like closer to 150. And if I could be sitting on him at 190, I, I would absolutely take that shot, which, you know, for if you're in a 12-team league, Ray, we're talking 15th, 16th round, roughly. I, I'd do it, and my expectation is by June 1, he's up with this Orioles team.
0: Yeah, and I mean, just by the way, look at this. I'm looking at MLB Pipeline. Holiday's number one in all of baseball in terms of their prospect rankings. Basalo is seventeen. Uh, Kobe Mayo is 20, uh, 30th. K- Kajurstad's thirty-second. Yeah, like they got more
1: it, coming.
0: Kauser's <laughs> nineteenth. I mean, they got five guys in the top thirty-five. So this is just, you know, it's easy for the team to sell. We don't have to have holiday on the, the, the opening day roster. So got all these pieces, they'll be up. They'll come to help. I mean, I'm a little surprised the numbers that high in the NFBC because there is no, there's no stashing option in the NFBC right it's the bench spots and that's it there's no IL you can't stash minor league players and you run into the scenario of you know what do I do when the injuries happen I think in theory it's great to say I'm going to draft you know holiday at that point and I'll wait and I'll be patient but can you slash will you right because when you're taking zeros and zeros and zeros and you're sitting there and the guy you took in the fifth round sucks and the guy you took in the eighth round got hurt and that 11th round guys also beat up and now you're sitting there with the roster spot wasting away with zeros with Jackson Holiday. I think it's tough. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, again, that's a little rich for me. But again, I have him as the number six rookie this year in the rankings at FantasyGuru.com. So I'm not saying it's crazy, but I think it takes a certain mindset and it also takes a certain lineup setup uh, for you to feel confident about taking him at. As that
1: you look, and you don't have to give all their names, but as you look at the five guys ahead of Holiday on mm-hmm. your rookie rankings, are all five of them guys that you think are going to be on opening day rosters?
0: Well, see that and that. In, in the case of a couple of guys, yes. I mean, you've got Yamamoto, which is cheating because yeah. he's not really a rookie, but okay. <laughs> I think Churio is huge because they signed him to that eight year contract and it's he's like playing. He's, he's playing. playing. Yeah, yeah. Right. So even if, you know, and that's, that's what we run into. If he's getting 550 plate appearances and Holiday's getting 425, how much better is Holiday going to have to be? Right. So uh, Evan Carter, we saw last year, yeah. he's already, you know, he's likely to be starting for the Rangers at the beginning of the year. So a lot of times with the rookie stuff, Everyone's got their list. We're all projecting out playing time, but it's about playing time as much as it is about skill. And for me, if I'm talking about taking a young player, and I know that guy is in the lineup, that holds a lot of water over the, well, is it April 20th? Is it May 15th? Is it June 10th when I'm going to see this guy?
1: You know, the, the way I look at it, Ray, because you're right, you know, 550 at-bats of one guy versus 400, say, of, of mm-hmm. uh, Holiday may be an issue. But, you know, I mentioned kind of where he's being drafted. You know, do I want five hundred and thirty at-bats of Ezekiel Tovar or would I rather have 400 at-bats of Jackson Holiday or do I want five hundred you know 35 plate appearances of James Outman or would I rather have four hundred because that's kind of the spot where you're making the decision on a hitting is like James Outman or there's even catchers or Willie Adamas with Milwaukee Lars Newtbar Lars Newtbar is kind of a fun one right you know you could say 600 plate appearances you know, he's actually going a few spots behind Jackson Holiday. Um, he could have 33% more or even half, 50% more as, as many plate appearances as Jackson Holiday. Now, for me, I, and this has changed a lot in 10 years, Ray. 10 years ago, I'm going Lars Newt Bar. Yeah, me too. Now I'm going Jackson Holiday, I think. I, and, and I get what you're saying, all those two months surviving, or maybe it's three months, you know, surviving with this this zero. But I'm paying. I, I'm hopefully getting three months or four months of I'm set. I'm locked in, unloaded, and, and this guy is the rookie of the year. You know that that's that's what you're hoping for. Uh, if I'm taking him, and if I get that Ray, like if I draft the rookie of the year, whoever it may be, if I draft right. the rookie of the year in the fifteenth round, that's a win. I yeah, think
0: for sure. Well, I think part of the I, yes, it is. And I, let's let's hypothetically say Holiday gets those 450 plate appearances. Okay. And let's say he wins rookie of the year. I don't have a problem with that. I think that's absolutely doable, right? What do we get from him? He should produce a batting average right off the hop, right? He should hit 280 right away. He's that kind of offensive player. Okay. He should be able to steal double digit bases. You know, he's not going to steal 35 or 40 bases, but he can steal 10 to 15. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think the real component that we're unsure of at this point is the power. Because, you know, taking batting practice and reading scouting reports and the way the ball comes off the bat and all these kind of things, I think it's easy to say 25 to 30 home runs is where he gets. But I don't think he's there right now. And so if he is hitting 10 to 15 home runs, he's Ezekiel Tovar, to your point. Like (laughs) he he pulls back real quick to that. And if Tovar is going to play every day and get 650 plate appearances versus 450 plate appearances, So, you know, that's really the key. And we know this, and we see this every year with young players. There are guys we're not even talking about as rookies. that will be top three finishers in the rookie of the year. There's guys we're talking about we got to get. They're going to struggle this year. I think in the case of Holiday, if he doesn't bring the power, and I'm not sure he will at this point of his development, I think it gets a little bit tighter to feel great about taking him at that price point.
1: Fair to say, and I'm just going to throw this out there, like, you know, if he becomes what we think, is it Corey Seager? like? That, that kind of fantasy profile where it's, you know, all the numbers are good. Maybe the stolen bases are a little mm-hmm. low, but everything else is, you know, all star level at shortstop.
0: Yeah. Jack, uh, Jackson Holiday is an impact, potentially elite offensive player. So, yes, I, I think Corey Seeger's a, a pretty good comp uh, with, with a speed piece, maybe a little less power, you know, on a per whatever basis, but hitting 300 with 25 home runs, that kind of thing is where Jackson Holiday is expected to end up.
1: Question number two with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Let's talk about one of the old guys. Yeah, they do have guys who've been around longer than two years. Cedric Mullins. I I think this is a big one, Ray. He's lost in the shuffle. He's, He's like not even part of the conversation. I think he should be because it's only been two years. I guess it was 2021. We're now getting ready for 2024. A little over two years, Ray, that like he was an absolute fantasy superstar. That 2021 season was huge. Mm-hmm. Homers, ribbies, runs, batting average, everything. Stolen base. I mean, he was a five category dude. Since then, Ray, and, and we expected, hey, I, I think everybody, I remember coming out of that year, Ray and I were doing shows. It's mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, it's gonna be a pullback. And and there was, and then Ray, an injury popped up. Mm-hmm. And the pullbacks continued. And now we're kind of sitting here on the eve of 2024 and we're saying, well. Is he being overlooked? Is there any chance of him ever getting back to 2021 and kind of grasping that golden ring again? Uh, what about Cedric Mullins for this year? Yeah, he
0: went 30-30 that year and hit 290. Like that's, that's off the waiver wire everywhere, right? That was that was league winning, a legitimate league winning type of season. Then we had the pullback and then the pullback a little bit from the pullback. Uh, I think it's really interesting because you're totally right. It's not that he's overlooked, but his ADP is right around 145 the last month of the NFBC. So, you know, 150 range. I think that that's a price that people should be paying. Um, you know, this is a, a potentially dynamic lineup with all this young talent. Uh, Mullins, even when he's struggling, you know, he's still, I mean, he struggled the last two years, objectively speaking. He struggled last year and he missed 45 games last year with injury. Mm-hmm. He still averaged 1525 the last two years. And he's 29 years old. And I think it's very reasonable to say that he gets back to 2022 levels. Uh, and it's even possibly inches up a little bit beyond that. He should not be drafted with the expectation he's getting back to 2021. He's not going 30-30 again. There was never a chance he was going to repeat the power. That was one of the biggest things we talked about. Never a chance he was going to repeat that. But could he go 15-25 this year and score 85 runs? He absolutely could do that. And you know, I don't know if people are drafting him other than just saying, all right, I'll do it. Versus, yeah, I'm really in on this guy at that price point. Well, and, and one
1: thing that's also different from 2021, Ray, is the way this team's set up. He's not leading off anymore. Correct. Um, and so that, that kills the plate appearances. It maybe kills the chances of stolen bases, RBI, you know, these kind of things that all add up. Uh, that is something he, well, I guess he could control. But overall, that's up to the manager. And it's very different. You know, two years ago when they were still trying to, to rebuild, they were in the, the midst of it. He was their leadoff hitter. Every single day, it's Cedric Mullins. No more. I mean, and and probably seventh or something, you know, he's he's probably on the back end of the order at this point. So that would be, you know, consider that because even if he's, you know, this never is borne out in the numbers, but let's say he's the same player, but the numbers could all be lower. You know, he could have a successful season. He could hit two ninety again, but all the numbers would be lower uh, just because of the lack of opportunity down there in the order. Uh, Question number three, another old name. I know it's a young team and all that, and, but you can get that elsewhere. Uh, but this one's even older than Cedric Mullins. Uh, Ray, I have noticed uh, very early in the process of draft season 2024 that nobody believes that Craig Kimbrell is worth a damn and is going to hold on to the job in Baltimore. <laughs> the only people who want Craig Kimbrell appear to be the Orioles. And, and, and Ray, this guy has a job. He has a history. He's probably going to be a Hall of Famer, honestly. Now, that that would assume he doesn't hang on for five years and kind of destroy his legendary status. But that being said, Ray, this guy is still a monster strikeout arm. Um, He still had 23 saves last year, and he came into the year not expecting to be the closer. You know, say what you will about Kimbrell, and he'll never be what he was with Atlanta. But, Ray, he still knows how to finish off the ninth inning you go through a you know package of Pepto-Bismol watching it. And it's kind of like Carlos Marmol is kind of where we're, you never know where the ball's at with Kimbrell. I guess that's why the strikeout totals are still high, but nobody wants this guy right now in fantasy drafts, it seems.
0: Yeah. He's had 780 appearances in his career, over 400 saves. His career numbers are 2-4 in the ERA column and 0.99 in whip. Like you're saying, like a lead. 14.2
1: Ks per nine for his career. Yeah.
0: I mean, he, he, you know, and, and he's he sometimes rough to watch because he's hanging over there and he's flinging the ball everywhere and he does, can't find the strike zone. But to your point, I think it benefits him somewhat because, you know, you never know. It's the ball going up and in. Is it going down and away? And he doesn't even know, necessarily know. right? Uh, but he he was brought into close and we talk about this all the time. Having experience in the ninth inning is a really strong indicator of getting save opportunities. He is one of the best closers of all time, 417 career saves. He had success last season. There, the, the issue for Kimball is what happens when he struggles because there will be a point in time where he loses the strike zone, a couple outings in a row, he gives up a home run, and he looks rough, right? Yeah. What do they do? They've got Yannick Cannell. They've got Danny Colombe. I mean, they've got guys, but they don't have anyone else in this bullpen that's ever had a 20-save season or ever been the closer. So I think that also gives him a little bit of leeway. He's tough to trust at almost 36 years old. But, you know, given the way he's being looked at by the universe, I don't have a problem drafting Craig Kimball. I,
1: it's almost like people expect him to have 15 saves with a 450 ERA. Yeah. Which I, I get that's within the realm of possibility. You know, it, it struggles and, hey, the Orioles are trying to win and you just blew two of our last four games, giving up three run homers in the ninth inning, walk-off okay. losses, you know, those kind of things. I get that. And and they have guys they'll turn to. I, I think Kimball has always managed to somehow hang around like, even when he loses the gig, he kind of works his way back into it, or he waits for other guys to get injured. He doesn't really have an injury history. You know, he's always out there ready to take the ball, which is part of the reason he's still getting jobs, is people know they can pitch him in the ninth inning, and he'll be there all season. So that is a bonus. I, I'm not, like, a huge fan of Kimbrel. Like, I, I can see it, Ray, going off the rails. But in sure. terms of fantasy cause this is one of those guys that you, you don't have to pay up for a reliever. And – it could also be 35 saves and a, a even three ERA with 13 Ks per nine, and you're like, wow. It's it's kind of like it's totally different pitchers, Ray. But it was always one of those things. Nobody ever wanted Mark Melanson. They never wanted him, and you know, for a few years there, he was always racking up 35 saves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but nobody wanted him. It, it's kind of the same feeling with Kimbrel. The even if it burns you. The investment cost is not crazy on them. And everybody gets burned at reliever. You might as well spend less for that reliever and play the same game that everybody's playing of hoping your guy sticks around. You know, Outside of Josh Hader, we're all just hoping and praying You know, with our closers, yeah. it seems like.
0: Yeah, and you, we've talked about this. There's the article, should we replace saves over at fantasyguru.com. We talked about it on the show. Guys, do not, D-O-N-O-T, do not save 30 games year after year. They don't do it history history history, it doesn't happen it's josh Hader or bust and so you know taking a chance on a guy like kimbrel with an adp of 135 140 relative to the position i'm in total agreement with you now you you have everyone has to make the decision how they're going to build their team right because a lot of people tell you you want to get one of those elite closers and then a good secondary option and then you're set problem with that is again history tells us that the elite closers aren't always elite history yeah. tells us definitively People were not even mentioning right now we're going to go out and save 20 games this year. So there, there's all, how do you manage this thing? But when you look at the price point of Kimbrell and you look at that relative to the pitching position, I'm in agreement with you. I'm willing to invest in Craig Kimbrell, you know, in the 10th, 12th round pick uh, if that's what it costs. I'm okay with that. Are there downsides? Absolutely. But there are with a lot of these guys. In the
1: yeah. He, he works for me. Cause if I go with a, a, a Manuel Clause as my closer and I'm, I don't usually do that, but if I went that route, my, my other two reliever spots or however many one are, are kind of just eighth inning arms. Like I'm expecting closet to carry me in that saves category. Um, so I don't like tag team Kimbrel with him, but what I'm more apt to do, this is how I've always drafted is I'll take uh, closer number 11 and then I'll come back with Kimbrel at closer number 17, and then maybe I'll get another big eighth inning arm. So it's really how you want to build your bullpen. Um, I'm not somebody who goes heavy for the haters or the closet's, I'm more apt to go, uh, you know, Andres Munoz and Craig Kimbrel as mm-hmm. kind of my combo, or you know, we talked Paul Seawall or Pete Fairbanks, you know, that kind of these guys who could rack up Evan Phillips with with the Dodgers. You know, uh, that was my guy last year, and it worked out fine. It wasn't always easy, but it worked out fine with Evan Phillips. So Kimbrel still fits, and I get it. You're going to hear a lot of like, oh, that's their weakness. I could sink the O's, but fantasy wise, he could still rack up those raw numbers that you want in the save category. Uh, fourth question on Baltimore, and this ties into the topic uh, Ray and I are going to discuss out of the draft guide today. Grayson Rodriguez, uh, Ray, the first half sucked. The second half was utterly different, and if you look at the overall picture, it's a little rough. But it's a rookie year, you know. It's it's not terrible, um, and I think for a lot of people, it's like, well, I don't care about April and May. I care about. August and September and even July and Grayson Rodriguez, Ray, the question is, is that second half, did it, did it convince you? Does it mean something? Um, Is this guy who's been a prospect now for a number of years, was that the first sight of what we've been hearing about for many years with Rodriguez?
0: Yeah. He went down to the minors, tweaked things, uh, came back and was the guy that he was expected to be. And the guy he's expected to be is either a number one or number two starter at the big league level. You get some debate of whether people think he's going to be an ace or not, but everyone, you know, again, one or two at the big league level is what has always been said about this kid. And it's not surprising to see a guy struggle. We see it all the time. He goes down and makes adjustments, comes back. Here we go. Uh, I think that for me, if Grayson Rodriguez was on my team this year, I'd be very happy. I think there's a significant chance that he is more the second-half guy than the first-half guy. I think there's a lot of carryover there. I think there's a lot of reasons to be very bullish about him this season. But then I look at the price point. Yeah. And that that's yeah, you know, his ADP is inside the top 75 overall.
1: I mean, he's drafted to be like Logan Webb, Freddie Peralta. That's how he's being drafted right now.
0: Yeah. And again, Scout have always thought he could be that guy, right? That's but me, Ray Flowers, when I'm putting a team together, I'm not spending a six-round pick on could be. I'm spending a six. I'm looking at the ADP right now, like Logan Gilbert is right next to him. I'm taking yeah. Logan Gilbert every time. Yeah. I'm just that's me. Now, you can make the, the move the other direction, and I'm not saying it's wrong. Grayson could outperform Logan Gilbert. But taking 10 or 12 starts is dangerous. You know, Looking at you know a guy that hasn't pitched an entire season at the big league level, to me, at that price point, is dangerous. So if, if you could get him where we have him ranked at fantasyguru.com, Grayson Rodriguez, I'm thumbs up, 100% in. But that's just not how he's being drafted right now, which is my concern.
1: Those are the four questions that we have for the Orioles. Let's get to our player profile, which again it's not all a bunch of kids running around in Baltimore. There, there are guys. you got to fill out a 25-man roster. And thus, Ray, it leads to our player profile of Ryan O'Hearn. 30, I think? I think he's got to be one of the few guys in his 30s. on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, And last season, it, it's not like he was the reason. But, Ray, anytime you have a surprising year, you have surprising players and surprising efforts from guys you didn't think it was going to. Ryan O'Hearn's that guy from last season, isn't he?
0: He is. And uh, by the way, it's great timing. Uh, we already set the schedule of how we're going to talk about teams. But last night, uh, he agreed to a contract extension with the Orioles. Uh, one year with the club option for 2025, he's going to get three and a half million dollars or something like that. He is 30 years old. And, you know, you it's so fascinating to think that with all this talent, we talked about it, five guys in the top 35 this year, the number one prospect in baseball, all the guys coming up this year, that if you look at the lineup right now, their cleanup hitters, Ryan O'Hearn. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, legitimately, right? And he filled that role. He, 60 of his, you know, 95 games last year right out of the cleanup spot. Uh, he is someone that has to be platooned. He cannot hit left-handed pitching. So his fantasy value is diminished because he's just not going to be in the lineup on a consistent basis. But he had a hell of a season last year. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that's overlooked. 800 plus OPS, you know, he hit 289, drove the baseball well. He was really good. And at least at this point, it seems like he's basically going to fill the same role this season, which gives him a little bit of fantasy value. Because again, he's not, he doesn't do enough to stand out, right? So he's kind of like the last guy you take, which sounds crazy for a guy that's basically going to be the cleanup hitter. But there's just not enough to get excited about. But it does deserve pointing out because in AL only leagues, I think he's a nice play.
1: Yeah, I'm a little worried, Ray, that. Maybe people say, oh, he did that in 350 at-bats, yeah, and he's yeah. going to get 550 this year, and all of a sudden I've got 28 home runs and 100 dribbies. Right. This guy, frankly, Ray, is a journeyman, yeah. right? I mean, is that fair? That's it's fair. That's it's fair.
0: That's This fair.
1: guy was given a lot of opportunities in Kansas City, and it never worked. In Kansas City, uh, he's, what, six, seven years into his big – he's fine. I get it. And, Ray, you're right on the, the lineups. I was like, wow, cleanup hitter, and I, he costs nothing. I I just don't know if there's more here. Like I I don't see Ryan Orhurn hitting 290. I he could hit home runs. I mean I think this ballpark for a left-handed hitter can play for home runs. I think he's fine, but I, I could also see him Ray um, getting written out of that batting spot order because of. Somebody else is just having a super productive year or they go out and make a trade for an established middle of the order hitter. I mean, all that's on the table with Baltimore. And you got to remember this, Ray. They have all this talent. You know, it's crazy amounts. One of the reasons they can get Corbin Burns is they have too much talent in the minor leagues. And and maybe one of the reasons they can get a great slugger will be, wow, we got too much talent in the minor leagues. Let's go out and get this uh, superstar hitter uh, who is not Ryan O'Hearn. You know, and O'Hearn's fine. We'll send him up there against righties and we'll be happy and everything. I mean, the guy can't hit a lick against lefties. So he's useless there, uh, which is fine. And I I just, I think my my fear, Ray, is, and not that you're doing this, but we talk about this guy and whether it's positive or negative, a lot of people kind of think, well, if they're talking about him, that must be positive. And it's great to spotlight these guys. Who else is talking about Ryan O'Hearn? But I, I'm not really interested in him. I, I don't think, hey, c- congratulations on last year. I don't expect like a, another move forward or even an equaling going into this season.
0: Yeah, we have him ranked in the 40s at first base. Yeah. Japan, so, you know, but again, I think it's it, this is, like you said, this is someone we should talk about because he had a good season last year. By the way, last year his OPS was better than Spencer Torquison. It was better than Justin Turner. It was better than Vlad Guerrero. I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. So there. But there are obvious limitations. Though. But I
1: mean, the more he's exposed, the more it probably goes down. I think is that totally fair? Totally fair. Yeah. Totally fair.
0: But it's, so it's more of just you know he was really good last year, and he's mm-hmm. got a, a he's got a spot in the lineup. He's not hitting eighth. He's likely to hit in the middle of this order. And there's a chance, small chance. There's a chance he hits 275 with 25 home runs this year, right? There's a chance. Now again, would I rather take Nathaniel Lowe or so? Absolutely, right? Okay. But there's a chance, and I think it's it's just you know it's kind of incumbent upon us, like you're saying. talk about Ryan O'Hearn because of what could possibly happen and because of the fact that with 47 players you could talk about with the Orioles he's like player number 48.
1: Yeah that's true that's true. Uh, Last few things on the Orioles. Um, Prospect to watch again we could throw five names out here. I I will throw out a name right that I don't think has gotten as much Kobe Mayo has Mm -hmm. not gotten I, I feel like you know reading about all these Oriole guys over the years and you know I'm not tied into everything the Orioles are doing, but you read about these names on and on and on like Erstead and, and obviously Henderson and holiday and like all these names. I, I feel like Kobe Mayo has not been that guy. And one of the issues Ray is he's kind of profiled as a third baseman, which he's right. blocked there, right. but he can play first base on this team. There are thoughts. he could be a corner outfielder if they wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another massive hit tool. I mean, that's what we got with Kobe Mayo and it's probably on the back end of the season but he could be somebody that if he is called up because of an injury, I think people will be adding him quite quickly off the waiver wire.
0: Yeah. And I mean, again, this is the Orioles and they got all kinds of options here. The top 50 ranking at fantasyguru.com. guru.com Mayo's 26th uh, in terms of 2024 and my expectations for them in the fantasy space. Um, they've got again, multiple outfielders that uh, I actually have ahead of him a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a scenario where it's likely to come down to do they make a trade I don't know if they will. I don't think they need to. And who's healthy, right? Because mm-hmm. you get an opportunity. They have so many talented guys. Like Kobe Mayo gets called up, and it's like, well, we're really thinking 2025. And He gets called up, and he's hitting 285 and playing good defense. He sticks, right? Yeah. So we'll see how it plays out. But it's a fascinating team, the Baltimore. I,
1: I don't think you need to draft him, but I do know this. When he's called up, everybody will be after him. He'll be like the hot waiver ad that week. So when it happens. Um, so if you if you want to be ahead of the ball game and sit on a guy, um, I'd certainly rather sit on holiday. <laughs> I think everybody will, uh, but Kobe Mayo, a guy to keep in mind. Uh, take a chance on which Oriole, Ray? Yeah, chance. we
0: talked We talked about him, and it's not sexy or exciting, but Cedric Mullins. I think okay. fifteen thirty is doable, and the price point is very reasonable at this point.
1: Mine's going to be a guy over your shoulder. And mm-hmm. this is going to sound silly. Take a chance on Adley Rushman. What, what I'm talking about, we touched on this with catchers. I'm not someone who invests in the position. But I think if you want to take a chance on this guy, like with the JT realmuto stuff, I never got in on that game, but Ray, for whatever reason, I'm sold on this kid of being a, a, you know, 20 plus homers, 90 ribbies, putting up a big average at catcher. So if you like to play that game, take a chance on this one. And and it, maybe even I will somewhere in a draft this year, which is used to be a non-starter for me, but uh, I'll say, take a chance on Adley Rauschman as a high end, highly drafted catcher.
0: Um, pass on blank. Dean Kremer. I mean, I think he, you know, and I don't know if he's someone that really deserves the nom- the nomination here, if you will, because I don't think anyone's pushing to get him on their team. But I, you know, he's probably their fifth starter if Means is healthy. And though he was effective last year, he doesn't have a standout skill. And if he's not able to give them quality innings, they do have options they could turn to. I could look foolish
1: with this one. I'm going to say the other guy in the rotation who came out of nowhere,
0: Kyle Radish. Ooh.
1: Yeah, it, it, people like him a lot. And it, it it seems, Ray, reading up on him, like, he learned a sinker, and it has dominated. But everything else is, like, very ordinary. Um, And he was, he's always been coming up through the minors, like, oh, well, he could be a fourth or fifth starter. And obviously, Burns is now in there, so he's not being asked to be the ace, but they're kind of asking him to be a really good pitcher. And I think last season was fine, like out of nowhere, Ray. Mm-hmm. But that home run rate fell by 50%. I, I don't. I think that kind of jumps up. Um, all of a sudden, he had great control with the walks. Like the Ks went up, the walks went down. Uh, the whip, all of a sudden, he's getting – and maybe it is one pitch. Maybe it is the sinker. Um, I don't think there's big strikeouts here. I think you're counting a lot on wins. With Kyle Bradish for full value. Um, I think his ERA, I was looking at all the projection things, Ray, mm-hmm. the models. They right. all have like three eight. yeah, Three nine. I saw some at four, which you know is fine, but Ray had a two-eight last year, and I guess that would be my final nail in the coffin. Is I don't think he's a sub three ERA pitcher at all. So when people are drafting and they're looking at last year's numbers, mm-hmm. I'm trying to make sure they're not misled by that super low ERA.
0: Well, if we don't talk second half with him, with, you know, we're talking about Grayson Rodriguez, <laughs> his second half numbers were a two, three ERA and a 0.91 whip. Like he, he was, Bradish was fantastic down the stretch when he found his groove that you're talking about, but yeah, it's not reasonable to expect him to pitch to those levels. Um, but I think as a young pitcher, I think he showed enough last year. We should be bullish on him this year as well. Um, and, 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 you know, if he throws 190 innings and his area is 3-8, he wins 16 games and has 172 strikeouts. like That's
1: great. Yeah. But I don't think he's getting any of that. Okay.
0: All right. Well, there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that would be – you're right, Ray. That's really good. But I, I, I'm just not putting my money on Kyle Bradish there. Uh, there it is. You look at the Baltimore Orioles. I uh, love doing these team previews. Went long here, but it's a fun team with a lot of things and many, uh, discussion points. We didn't even get to, I mean, hell Ray, right, We didn't even bring up Gunnar Henderson. Did we? Yeah. Not once. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of just assuming he's good. Go, go and draft him. Um, tomorrow we will take a look. Uh, Boston, I think is up next, uh, Boston Red Sox. So, uh, we will take a look at that squad. Um, speaking of the Boston Red Sox, uh, Ray rumors that Kenley Jansen's out of here, or at least they're trying to get him out of here, uh, trading a closer and, and he's kind of in that Craig Kimbrell world, Ray. It's, it's never truly exciting to watch Kenley Jansen in the ninth inning. He's also a guy who, even when he isn't laboring in baseball terms, he appears to be laboring on the hill. Like he, he just makes you kind of nervous. And, and we know how it goes with closers. You get old. I don't fault Boston at all for doing this, Ray. Um, I just kind of wonder who's going to be out there to take a chance on Kenley Jansen in the trade market.
0: Yeah. I feel like, and this is truth. like for five years, I've been telling people Kenley Jansen's okay to draft. Like mm-hmm. people were out on him like five years ago. And I'm like, what? And I think the one big concern people had last year was because of that laborious nature, how would he handle the pitch clock? And he was totally fine. So that's yeah. really, that, he did a really good job changing up his routine. He's still quite effective. Is he prime Kenley Jansen? No. Is he closer to the end than the beginning? Yes. Does he make a lot of, yeah. Okay. So. I get it. And you said it earlier, if the Red Sox aren't going anywhere this year, mm-hmm. and you know, if you have an asset like Kenley Jansen, who's not part of the long-term plans and who's getting paid a lot of money, makes all the sense in the world to trade them. Uh, we've also heard that, um, you know, Chris Martin could be dealt. Chris Martin probably becomes the closer. If Kenley Jansen is dealt rumors are that Martin could also be dealt. Like, you know, he's 37 or something too. So he's not a young guy, but this, this Red Sox team is starting to get the feel an awful lot of, you know, A's East. You know this year where it's like we're piecemeal in this Not that awful. Well, you know, but you're you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, and maybe John Schreiber takes over the ninth inning, or maybe they put Garrett Whitlock in the ninth inning. Maybe you know, we get yeah. a, a closure we can count on. Maybe that happens. But you know, when you start tearing it down and clearly they haven't made a bunch of huge moves and they're talking about potentially tearing down the top of their bullpen you know where they're at this season.
1: big retooling right now in Boston. Like I said, we'll talk about them tomorrow Uh, and and they're trying to trade Jansen uh, preseason is according to the reports. He, he shapes up much more as a deadline guy, but I think Boston wants to clear out that money uh, going into the season. Another thing with Boston, we'll touch on this a little tomorrow. Yoshida Masataka Yoshida kind of sounds like nothing but a DH this year. Now he'll have outfield eligibility when you draft him, but uh, looking like a DH defense is, just lacking, and honestly, I don't know if the bat is all that good. We'll talk about Yoshida coming up tomorrow. Let us move along to uh, discussing today's Fantasy Guru Draft Guide column, uh, and it ties into Kyle Bradish, ties into Grayson Rodriguez, um, even Masataki Yoshida. He went the other way, though. Uh, he had a good first half and then fell off a cliff in the second half. Ray, you wanted to uh, discuss second halves, good and bad. Do they matter? So give us your thoughts here.
0: Yeah, and there's an article over at FantasyGuru.com, as Kyle mentioned, talking about this. And I, I think that in the old days, like if we roll back the clock 15 years, 25 years when I started in the industry, there were always the second half article you know, every year. There was a second half. Yep. Who did well at the end? And this person did well the last three months. They're bound to do well this season. I think we're beyond that level of base analysis at this point. But there are still people that take what happened in the second half really to heart. And I think more than they should. Uh, so I wanted to kind of look at, and, and in the article, there is a list of players that had the strong second half or the poor second half. So if you're looking for that information, it's, it's in the article, but I wanted to basically just talk about the idea itself. Uh, and you know, we've talked about this through the years, Kyle, the, the idea that, you know, there's a difference between July 20th and July 2nd, no difference. There's no difference. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's an arbitrary endpoint. the all-star game. It's fact, The all-star game itself is not even at the same date every year. So we have a little bit of an arbitrary nature of the first and second half thing. As you can see there on the screen for those of you that are watching along, you could be considered a second half player because your second half stats are better than your first half stats, but it may not even be accurate. There may be a big year or two that's you know swayed the numbers to the point where it seems like you're a second half guy, but maybe you really aren't a second half guy. So I think there's just a lot of white noise with this, Kyle. And I think again, if we look at it in the proper perspective, which we'll get into in a second, I think it's can be useful. I just don't want people to use it in the wrong way, which is this guy had a four and a half year in the second half. He sucks. This guy hit 325 in the second half. He's great.
1: Yeah. And, and Ray, you're totally right. The all star breaks makes it easy. You know, it's such a historical spot, first half, second half, and everything. But, but so many items change. And there are some guys, Ray, and, and you have to really dig into this, but you get to September and you look at who they were playing, and it may just be a, you know, a, uh, a, a, attribute of the schedule no control but it's like mm-hmm. oh they're hitting a bunch of A pitchers yeah. and they had like three they had a huge uh, weekend in colorado and mm-hmm. that just pumped up the numbers mm-hmm. it, it is a dangerous game to play i like it you know tomorrow we'll do boston i'm sure we'll talk about tristan casas we've, we've touched on him before mm-hmm. he was really bad the first two months um now he started to turn around in the first half But if you still look at his first half and second half splits rates, two different guys, but he started to hit in like Mm -hmm. June. He was just so awful that he couldn't lift up his first half numbers. To me, there's not much I'm interested in with this. You know, it's to to me, it reminds me maybe that a guy turned it around and and that gives me a better feel going into the year, but it's a reminder. It's not, I'm getting this guy. Like I I don't go like coming up this July Ray. Mm -hmm. I won't say, Oh man, this guy last year, hit uh 310 in the second half I'm make he, he's, he's a guy i gotta have right. if i hate the underlying numbers and if that's really you know we talked about josh bell before he has, he's got like two good months maybe four good months his mm-hmm. whole career mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean like really when you look at him but ray there were probably people looked at those two months those three months josh bell can be this and he just isn't there's 20 months of him not being that guy mm-hmm um if if i looked at second half splits and let's say a guy been playing eight years Mm -hmm. i don't know anybody who's like this right i'm sure there's somebody but for what eight years of second half this guy's 40 percent better maybe then i'd be convinced but again i don't even know who that guy is if such a guy exists
0: yeah and at the very bottom of that uh, graphic on the screen it mentions what you what you leaned into there a little bit and that is it's a good refresher course, right? Maybe mm. you start paying attention because your team wasn't any good or maybe you started playing fantasy football. So it's a good refresher course to see who's limped to the finish line and who surged to the finish line. Now we have to take the next step of understanding why that occurred, right? You can't just look at a guy's OPS and say, oh, there's the story. You have to take another, another step. So it's a good starting point to look. Uh, I also think that, you know, the what has to be said too, and again, this, this is shared in the articles when you start talking about month-long segments, or even half of the season segments, it's just not enough data. Mm-hmm. And so in the article, I list kind of where we're talking about things needing to be for a variety of categories, singles, extra base hits, home runs, that kind of stuff. And if you look at that list, you'll see 170 plate appearances. Okay, we can get that in the second half. You see 320 at-bats for slugging percentage. Not many guys get 320 at-bats in 65 games, right? So that's not enough. You know, So you start looking at some of these numbers, and you realize that even if there was an improvement or a slump, we don't necessarily even have enough data in the second half of the season to you know, feel confident that that's even the true number, right? If the season had been another three weeks, maybe that 310 guy would have ended up at 291 because things would have leveled off. So it's a good thing to look at as a springboard to further analysis. It's simply not the end point, however.
1: Well, and one other guy I'll throw up here, right? Seiya Suzuki. Seiya Suzuki, if you look at second half numbers, like, wow. But honestly, it was September.
0: It was and, and a little bit
1: of August, but it was September. He just was out of his mind. Yep. And, you know, the, okay, well, look at that OPS in August. It was 1,000. Look at that OPS in September. It was 1,100. you're like, oh, wow, he figured it. I'll remind you, his OPS in May was 980, almost the same. The very next month was 475. And then that was followed by 660. And he had a 706 in April. I, I don't know what we have in Seo Suzuki yet, but I'm certainly not saying, oh, last year, Ray, August, September, he he he's the dude now. No, he's agree. a guy you remind yourself, okay, finally showed a little bit of growth, but overall he's been a league average hitter, you know, or mm-hmm. league fantasy average hitter. Um, I'm not getting carried away with that crazy. I mean, he hit what do you get 370? With seven hmm. homers in 26 rib- He had 26 ribbies in September, Ray. Coming into September, he had a grand total of like 45 ribbies. Like a-, a third of his RBIs came in the last four weeks of the season.
0: Yeah, we wrote about him a lot in the DFS game in September. I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> he was on fire. He was just utterly fantastic. But yeah, that's... And, and so with Seya Suzuki, what do we do? We dive in and start looking. Like what changed? What led to this? Was it... Did he use the field better? Did he hit the ball harder? Did his launch angle change? Did his contract rate change? Like we start looking into those individual aspects of the growth in the OPS column, as an example, and try to figure this out. Because RBIs run scored, you know, that's a lot of that's team dependent stuff. And especially when you're talking of a sample size of 25, 30 games, very tough to pull anything legitimate out of that. But it's a, again, it's just, it's a good place to kind of look into, you know, well, we saw something different down the stretch, plus or minus. And what does that mean? Let's look at it in more depth. Articles up,
1: part of the draft guide. Uh, Ray uh, features a few other prominent names that you might care about when you look at second half numbers and uh, delves a bit more into the idea of do the stats matter? Uh, We will continue uh, by moving along in baseball and talking third base. That is our uh, focus this week on the show. Um, All things third base. We started with kind of the top of the top. Uh, One big question. Ran through some surprises of last season. Now we go to the other side of the coin, the uh, bums of last season, which, as I referenced earlier, um, let us lead with Anthony Rendon. Uh, Ray, it's you can't draft this guy anymore, right? <laughs> let, let him be someone else's problem, right? Are we finally
0: there? Four straight years of less than 60 games played. Four straight years averaging $35 million a season. <laughs> Uh, he's got 35 million a year coming this year, next year, and the following year. <laughs> um, this contract has become horrible, and I think in the case of Rendon, I think if you're in a 15-team mixed league, at 30 rounds, you want to take him with your last pick. Have at it. Like I, I'll take that shot, right? You want to take a rookie? You want to take Rendon? Have at it. But you have to understand that you know, come May 1st, you might be dropping him, like because yeah. there, there's just there's nothing here that says. It's legitimate to think he's going to play 120 games. I think part of the problem with Rendon as well is that he, I don't know if he hates baseball, but he sure doesn't seem to like it very much. (laughs) You know, he gets interviewed and he says stuff and he's getting in fights with fans. Like, I I don't really know what's going on with this guy. But he he hasn't been healthy in so long. It's really tough to know what we'd have if he was healthy. Well,
1: and that's the point, Ray. Okay, let's say we overcome this giant bugaboo of health. Which is huge. And I guess it could happen. I mean, he's 34. I don't think it's likely. And I would never make this bet. He should be like plus 1,500 to play 100 games. He really should. that That's how far-fetched I think it is. But, Ray, let's say he gets healthy. Mm-hmm. Is he even worth a damn anymore? Because if you look, you know, and he's so beat up. He's 34. You know, you mentioned the attitude. His last 200 games... 200 games. This is a year and a quarter. 22 homers. That's dreadful. 111 ribbies. Again, this is 200 games, not 162. But that's, you know, 85 ribbies. Okay, whatever. The runs, 91. So now we're talking about 60 runs scored. There's no stolen bases. And the average is under 250. Ray, if I get 135 games of Anthony Rendon hitting 250, Mm-hmm. with 16 home runs, 80 ribbies, 60 runs scored, and zero stolen bases. Who cares? And that that's why I guess I'm even out late in a draft. He is so far removed from that awesome 2019 that I don't think he can recapture even a 70% of that anymore.
0: Yeah, I think that the numbers you threw out there just randomly are fair if he's healthy. That's why we have him ranked like 29th at third base. It's like, eh, right? So I'm not... You know, me. I'm different, and we talked about this earlier when we were talking about young players on the hill with Grayson Rodriguez. I will default to a former 300 hitting All Star over a 21 year old kid who's never played in the big leagues. That's kind of my default most of the time, not all the not time. Here. I certainly
1: not here. You're not going to do yeah. it here. Well, that's a, that's what
0: I'm saying. Like <laughs> I said, if you're in a 15 team league with the 30th pick, go for it. Right? I'm not. I'm not planning on drafting Anthony Rendon anyway. Ray, right? if
1: I were sitting there the 20th round, I'm going Kobe Mayo.
0: Well, Before I go, Anthony Rendon. <laughs> and again, the, again, it matters how your team is built. It matters the type of league you're in. It matters what your risk tolerance is, because the prop the real problem with this is, and in, in, you mentioned a player the other day, I can't remember who it is offhand. Anthony Rendon starts hitting, you know, 310 in April. He's added everywhere. Mm-hmm. Every, everyone's going to add him. They're going to be all the stories about how he's back and all that. Anthony Rendon hits 190, he won't be on a roster in the universe, right? <laughs> so, are you gonna, if you draft Rendon and you know, 46 at bats and he's hitting 190, you're gonna drop him? If you're going to, why would you draft him? Yeah, so I think it's all about mindset and it's about how long you're willing to give a guy a shot. I don't think it's a good bet to your point. I'm not laying money on Anthony Rendon, I'm not targeting Anthony Rendon, I'm not drafting Anthony Rendon. I'm just pointing out. That at the cost, it's not the worst option that someone could avail themselves of.
1: Let's go to Matt Chapman. Uh, still looking for a team. Um, and, Ray, we were talking here about second-half surges mm-hmm. and month But by- Matt Chapman might have been the best hitter in baseball in April of last year. I mean, yeah, he great. had a ma- massive April. Um, he was hitting 385 at the end of April. And everybody's like, wow, free agent push. After that, Ray, he was bad. Really, I mean, April, he killed it, and the rest of the year, Ray, was very underwhelming. Um, If he had been able to sign a contract at the end of April, he he would have got 300 million bucks. Now he may not get 100 million bucks, I don't know. But uh, what about the fantasy outlook? I know it's difficult because we don't have a team, and we don't know when we're going to have a team for him.
0: Yeah, it is tough. And I think that a good point of this, and I've written about this many times at fantasyguru.com, is that Matt Chapman's numbers were not good. Being a free agent is no one's interested. Now he signs with the Rockies. Ooh. He signs with the Giants. I don't know how much that changes things, right? So I think there's an opportunity in a lot of leagues to draft Matt Chapman because he's only 30 years old. He's still a strong defensive player. He's going to be in a lineup every day. Last year the numbers after after April were terrible. But the interesting thing is if you look second level analysis here and you go to, you know, you go look at his batted ball data, he was top 2% in all of baseball in average exit velocity. Okay. He was top 1% in all of baseball in hard hit rate. He was top 2% in all of baseball in barrel rate. There are only a handful of players in the entire game that can, Matt, we lost Column Show, sure come back. There's only a handful of players in the entire game of baseball that hit the ball harder than Matt Chapman. Okay, and that is something that is really, really surprising. Uh, just talking to Kyle here on chat, sorry. Really surprising when you look at the performance versus the actual numbers. So in the case of Chapman, Kyle, I think in the case of Chapman, on the surface, junk. But if you dial in a little bit below that, you see a guy that hit the ball awfully hard, and that is at least still intriguing.
1: Is If he ends up in San Francisco, are you out? I mean, that ballpark, we think, okay, well, we're not going to hit home runs. But does he overcome that,
0: you think? I mean, I think Matt Chapman's a 25 to 30 home run guy pretty much wherever he plays. He played a call scene for years and was that guy. I think he can be that guy if he signs with the Giants. Would it boost my hope for him? Not really. As we discussed, you know, when we're were talking about, uh, you know, the signing they made the other day, Uh, the Giants ballpark of Solaire, the ballpark is rough on power hitters. So yeah, you know, he, Matt Chapman, Matt Chapman's a tw- 250, 29 home run guy. Yeah. I, that's who he is. Uh I think whether whether he's playing A or B, you know, it's 31 home runs, it's 27 home runs. He's just that kind of hitter. Uh, and I think that, you know, no one's talking about him. And I understand it because he was terrible last year. But again, d- digging below that a little bit, there's a lot to like. Uh
1: very good defender, obviously, too. The next guy's a great defender. And and Ray, this is again, um, perhaps unfair to have Cabrian Hayes on this list. Um, And the reason I put him on this list is I, I think that moment he arrived in baseball, we we're like, oh, wow, Cornerstone. And this guy could maybe be in all star games. And you see the numbers there. And and I think, Ray, what I want to get at with Hayes is it's just fine everywhere, mm-hmm. which is worth having in fantasy baseball. But I don't know. Is there a lift in any of these categories? Like, can he become A 290 hitter. Can he hit 20 home runs? Can he go 80, 80 in ribbies and runs? Can he still 20? Like, this is fine what we've got. And and let down, I I guess it's one of expectations of maybe Mm -hmm. he's just going to be across the board level instead of having maybe two or three categories where he really helps you out.
0: Yeah, he's not Bill Madlock. Okay, he's just not. And he's never going to be, despite what we saw his rookie season, right? I think that poisoned the well water a little bit with him because people's expectations were ratcheted up. Uh, I think that, you know, we're just talking about second half stats. He was much better in the second half. If you look at the numbers, I think what we see with Hayes is encouraging in the following respect. We see remove the first year. Cause again, it was only a handful of games and it, it's not who he is. You look at the last three years, last season he had his best exit velocity of the three years last year. He had his best barrel rate of the three years last year. He had his best hard hit rate of the three years. So all those numbers are saying this guy's hitting the ball harder. And here's the most important piece when you wrap it all together he is Mr. You know, groundworm. Like, everything's on the ground, okay? 3% launch angle three years ago, 5% two years ago, last year 13%. Hmm. So if he can keep it at 13%, which is, you want to kind of, I, I mean, ideally a guy like this probably wants to be in the 15 to 20% range, but if he can keep it at 13%, which is a drastic addition, that's doubling where he'd ever been before, if he can keep the launch angle there, that 50 home runs can become 20 If it slides back and he's going to hit 14 home runs again. So I think you said it right and proper that, you know, a a 15-10 season like he did last year, totally doable. If everything came together, he could hit 20 home runs. He has stolen 20 bases before. So there is a possibility of 2020. I'm not drafting him to be that guy. I'm drafting him to be the guy we saw last year. But there's a little bit of hope that we might see another step this season. Well, and he's still very young. They, there may be that
1: magical year a la Cedric Mullins, Ray, where it you know ends up being 290, 22, 90, 90, and 20. I mean, that would be killer. He'd finish Good in now. the top six third baseman. So that's that's one of the things to keep in mind, Ray, where I laid it out and said, well, is it all just going to be level in five categories? Well, if he can do all five things, he just hasn't done them to a great level. The fact, that he can do all five gives you hope of that big leap one year, you know, and it gives you the possibility. And right now he's 17th at the position. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like him as a starting third baseman, but if I could snag him as a corner infield and I'm already doing good with power and really, you know, you're kind of he's still not somebody you can say I need this. So I'm going to Brian Hayes. Right. Like he still doesn't have that one singular skill that would answer it, so that's why he may not fit as a corner infield for people. Because usually, when you're doing that, you're like, Oh, I need batting average. Well, are you gonna get that from Hayes 270? Is that gonna move the needle? Probably not. So, he might go in another direction. Um, so I, I don't hate the guy, but I just wonder if we can lift up a couple columns to where he can be more of an impact. Uh, finally, DJ LeMayhew, are we just too old at this point with DJ LeMayhew? And is he Is he kind of fighting the Cedric Mullins thing, right, where he had that one incredible year and that's not really who he is?
0: Yeah, I think we're at the point with DJ LeMahieu where in almost all mixed leagues, he shouldn't be drafted. He's probably someone that gets picked up because you'll recognize the name off the waiver wire and you have a need. He'll be hitting 310 the last two weeks. Yeah, You know, he qualifies at multiple positions, you know, at least third base and first base coming into the season. Uh, so yeah, I think that, you know, it's, it's a lot more name recognition right now than it is offensive game. There's just, you know, he's, he's not a base stiller, never has been the batting average hasn't been a thing in three years. He had that one power season to your point. He's never been that guy other than that one year. Uh, he is, he's just, he's, he's a comfort, comfortable pair of socks, right? <laughs> he's a guy, you know, and you can turn to if you have a need for a short burst, but he's not someone that I'd be interested in drafting pretty much in any scenario. Left, so it was a league only set he may
1: be comfortable, but they're wearing thin. You're starting to build some holes in the, uh, you know, on the heel and, and things of that nature with DJ Lemay So those are the uh, letdowns of last season. The outlook for this season. More on a third baseman coming up tomorrow. A lot more baseball, of course, tomorrow as well. We will leave you with a quick football note. A um, Couple of them actually. Uh, early expectations with Cincinnati is a franchise tag for T Higgins. Um, if Higgins had reached free agency, or if he does. Uh, He would be one of the top five offensive players, if not higher, for people to go after. Uh, March 5th, by the way, is the date for franchise tags. So just so you know, that's a few weeks away. So um, we'll we'll see what they do with Higgins. That's a one-year deal, by the way, for people not familiar. So Higgins will get a lot of money for a year, and maybe they can work out something. And then, Ray, you're 49ers. You lose the Super Bowl on Sunday, and uh, then you have to deal with the fallout, which is this. Uh, Brandon Iyok's buddies on, on Twitter and Instagram are like, get out of there. Get out of there. Leave San Francisco. I guess he's got a year left on his contract. And he was asked yesterday, he's sticking around. He's like, we'll see. Um, he's making 14 million bucks. But I, I guess this is how, you know, Ray, I, I said Monday, it's like, oh, both these teams are going to be back. Kansas City will have their guys back. San Francisco will have their guys back. Already we're hearing maybe Brandon Ayuk may not be back. San Francisco could, could maybe move on from him.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you this, Brandon I Pound sand. <laughs> You're getting paid $14 million to be on one of the top five teams in the NFL. You've caught 75 passes for a thousand yards and seven touchdowns in two straight seasons. What's the problem? Like what, what's the problem that people talk too much about McCaffrey? Like what's the problem? I, I He goes to another team. Guess what? You're catching 75 passes for a thousand yards and seven touchdowns, bro. You're not, you're, you're not Jamar chase. You're not, it's not, you're not Justin Jefferson. You're not this. I, this to me, and it always seems to be wide receivers. Like, my mm-hmm. God, you're well-paid. You're well-compensated. You're extremely important to the team. You just came off the best season you've ever had, and you want more? I just don't get it. Kyle.
1: I, I think this whole wide receiver diva thing has to do with the position and kind of what they do, which is you, you have to run hard, but you know you're not getting the football, and you, I guess they just get tired of that. Funny and, time. yeah, if you're you you're know if you're getting 100 catches, you're getting the football enough to shut up. You know If you're getting 170 targets – you know, like a CD Lamb or Devontae Adams, but right. even they don't don't well Lamb, but Adams kind of moaned his way out of town. So they never seem to be happy, and I guess that's what I'd ask Brandon Ayuk: is what will make you happy? Yeah, 100
0: catches. Like, what yeah, is it going to take?
1: Is that what we got to do? Because you can't moan about 14 million bucks.
0: Right? Nope. I don't think we're
1: not inflation hasn't struck that badly that 14 million doesn't go anywhere anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. and 75 catches for a thousand yards and seven touchdowns in back-to-back seasons. You know, that's Hall of Fame level production. I got news flash for you. you Do that <laughs> for 10 years. You go to Canton. Like I I really confused by uh I'm not that confused, but I'm confused by it. Yeah,
1: maybe just frustrations after getting to the promised land and coming up short. Uh probably wouldn't hear these things if they'd won. The Super. Bowl.
0: Oh, you might hear more of it if they won you never know
1: uh, that you wouldn't hear a day or two afterwards okay. yeah you'd wait till at least uh draft season to start moaning and complaining when they tell you no we're not going to give you a six-year 130 million dollar contract get lost that, that's when you hear the complaints okay. um that will do it for us on fantasy sports daily back again tomorrow 11 a.m eastern more baseball red Sox third baseman whatever else uh catches our fancy Uh, Ray, a pleasure, as always, and uh, we'll talk uh, in a few hours. Sounds like a blanker. He's the man, Ray Flowers. You are the listeners we enjoy, and viewers. Thanks for tuning in today. Back again tomorrow for Ray Flowers. I'm Kyle Offering This has been Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.